Hello and welcome to Financial Planning Explained and I am your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. I am joined here with Kyle Ryan, who is one of my associates of my company, also a Certified Financial Planner. And we're pleased to welcome back our guest, Shelly Howard, uh, in part two of the College Planning episodes. Welcome back again, Shelly. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So in our first episode, we were talking a bit about the uh, process that you take with the kids when they're in eighth and ninth and possibly 10th grade to sort of prep them for what they're looking for, for their dream colleges, and you're prepping them for making themselves stand out. And so what we'd like to do is kind of flow into some of the process, particularly as it pertains to gaining financial aid. I mean, that's obviously the parents are the ones who are thinking, how am I going to afford this? The kids usually don't think that yet because they don't have the foresight to know what it's like to live with student loans after they graduate, <laughs> no, do they? No. It's all about the social life at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so actually, I'm going to ask you that question. Yeah. So what were you thinking about when you were in high school, you went to Temple, yep. what were you thinking about from a financial perspective? Were you thinking financial aid? Were, or were I, you just... I knew initially, you know, I had to go someplace that I could afford, you know, I couldn't drop out of, I didn't want to drop out of college because I couldn't afford it or I wasn't able to get the loans for say. So I knew that the price was, and my parents reminded me that the price was very important at the time. But you're in high school, you know, for me it was, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in business. I knew one day I wanted to grow and own my own business. But what does that mean? You could be in any field and have your own business, right? So. It was really, you know, I, I identified staying close and going to a bigger city school, and that to me led me to looking at, you know, Penn State, Temple, some of the local universities, and, you know, really it all comes down at the end of the day to it was financially right, it was geographically right, and, you know, as you say, Shelley, you know, uh, socially it fit for me, and it had all the programs that I was looking for. So did you envision in high school without spelling out the details, did you envision the debt that you're in from a student loan perspective and the harshness of it? No. Um, no, I was, I was willing to, if I could have had my choice at the time, having absolutely no knowledge of well, it, I would have went anywhere no matter the cost if it meant I would get the degree I wanted and have a great time because that was in my head my senior, junior year when I was planning it out. The price, you, you, you start to realize when those numbers start racking up and you're looking at your loans. Right. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, ultimately, uh, while the education is truly what we're seeking, what we're seeking is the ability to leverage that college education into getting a good job so yeah. that you can make good money, Absolutely. which helps you. And that's why do people, the things you want to do. And that's why, you know, Shelley, your, your role is so instrumental. You help these, you know, these students picture the reality of what it is beyond just the social aspect that could be somewhat clouding their vision of what college is. You know, it isn't just a party. A lot of students think, you know, I want the lifestyle, but you, you do the bridging of, and parents, of course, break on the bridge of, you know, this is the reality of what it will be when you're there and afterwards you're going to be, you know, if you go outside of your reach, you're going to be strapped with debt. Yeah, that's Absolutely. no fun. Which 
certainly leads ourselves into financial aid, okay? And, you know, you help students and parents with filling out the FAFSA forms, correct? I have a tax advisor that does that. Oh, okay. Them. I advise them what is in the buckets of what the FAFSA looks at. Right. Then they have the opportunity. Now, I completed it by myself nine years, and I don't consider myself some financial guru. <laughs> it's You really connect your tax form with the FAFSA form, sure. and it kind of just happens. It's yeah. not all that scary. Yeah, no, It's a questionnaire. I do, I do tell my families, multimillionaires or not, I have everybody complete the FAFSA unless you truly are happy to write a check for the full price. So you're telling me that people who are millionaires and making tons and tons of money can still get financial aid? Yeah, and really? it's in the form of merit aid. They ah. don't call it need-based aid. Right, okay. If your student has a 5.0 GPA and a 36 ACT and their resume is two, three pages, think of it like a business. If if you were the business owner and I brought you a resume that was three pages deep of greatness, would you not pay me more than somebody who brought you a no resume? Right. College well, is the same way. It's so hard for people to wrap their mind around this, but you would never go to buy a home and pull out the flyer and go, yep, that's the price I'm going to pay. <laughs> you would never go on a car lot and go, oh, that sticker price, I'm all over it sign me up but for whatever reason people assume that college sticker is actually the price i will tell you i don't think one of my students has ever paid sticker price right right well there's who would why they, they would <laughs> they, they, anywhere you can get a discount you know and and there are other ways of getting it and i, I joke because I'm left-handed and I have blue eyes, I can get a $500 a semester scholarship. <laughs> I mean, are, are there ways, that, and I heard, I mean, this is years ago, but there are places you can go online to find certain scholarships. Is that true? I would say buyer beware on that one. Uh, I personally fell into this trap with my really? oldest who had all of his success. And I was a little greedy and I'm like, hey, there's more money to be had. Let's go after book money and travel money and all of that. And so he, he had him apply to 33 private scholarships. He got $300 and they blew up his email to the point he had to shut it down. Oh, wow. So yeah, right. You I have understand. to be very careful. And what happened is he told them I owned a house, Da, 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 da. And then I had everybody reach out to me and try to sell me something. Ah, interesting. And so okay. It's a bait and switch. Not all. I have about 12 that I recommend to my families that are vetted, legit, but be very careful. It's like going to a, a, a county fair and there's a free drawing, right? Oh, I know. Is it? Oh. Yeah, be very careful of that. Yeah. I still have people calling me from when I went to a Tampa Bay baseball game four years ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because I filled out one of those little drawings to get yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, okay, very good. Thank you for pointing that out. So, 
when you reference the merit-based, so, so you could still get a merit-based, or can you get a merit, well, actually, let me back up. So the FAFSA form only offers if you are seeking uh, needs-based, needs correct? It's an interesting topic because it goes this way. If you don't complete the FAFSA, they assume you don't want any financial help. Interesting. So if you, even if you know, so there's the other miscommunication is most middle class people assume they make too much but not enough and they're in this middle area and yep. they won't get any. Which is most the of fact, us, yes. That is not true. I have many middle class families, especially self-employed middle class families that do very well and they do get not a ton, but they do get money. But if you don't complete the FAFSA, you will never know. Really? Okay. So you won't get the merit-based if you didn't apply with the FAFSA There form. are some schools who will tell you without completing the FAFSA, we will not give you a merit money period. Huh. And does your company work with these families if they are in a position that they could potentially rearrange some things and get a, a lower uh, EFC, ex expected family contribution? Or do you do that or do you have a tax professional you work with kind of, is there ways to rearrange your financial well-being that you could get more? Absolutely. So that is the consulting side of what I do. Okay. I, I tell people, this is where the FAFSA looks ethically. Everything is above board. There's sure. no hidden anything. It's it's like going to a CPA for your taxes. They know tax code. They understand what the government's looking for. Same thing. I like to put that way out in front. We're not doing anything shady. But <laughs> yep. if the FAFSA form says we're looking here and we're not looking here, would it not make sense to see if you can take the money out of your child's name and put it into a different situation? Right. That little thing can make a huge difference oh, depending on what it is. Most people just don't even know that that's a bad thing. Yeah. So, so Shelley, for the, for the purpose of the viewers, let me explain what estimated family contribution is. When you fill out the FAFSA form, in a way, it reminds me of a tax return, only in that you're basically filling out a questionnaire. And a regular tax return, your questionnaire is, how much money did I make, how much did I hear, everything else. Well, the estimated family contribution form basically takes all of that information, but it really looks at four things. From the big picture perspective, it looks like at the parent's income, the parent's assets, the child's income, and the child's assets. And there are other extenuating circumstances that fall, but those are the four things it looks at. So you send this form in. Okay, and it goes through the calculations that it does. I don't want to get into that right now. Mm -hmm. This isn't the purpose of today's show. But what it does is then it gets done and it spits out a number that they call the EFC or the estimated family contribution. And based on those numbers, let's say the estimated family contribution is $20,000. Is it true, Shelley, that basically no schools are going to bring you down below that twenty? Oh, that is not true. Oh, really? There, there, yeah, there are there are lots of situations. And the interesting thing about that 
every college on their financial aid page has to have an EFC calculator. It's government oh, okay. mandated, but every school can calculate it different. So you can go on your dream school, your comfort school and your safety school. And it's, it could, you're like, wait, same person, same financials, what's going on? <laughs> so I tell every family, no, before you go, Go directly to that school's financial aid page, go into their calculator, and it, it's a 15-minute process. It's just an estimate, but I think people don't understand when they get that real number back what that feels like. They're like, well, where's that money coming from is usually the, the number one question I get from families. Like, if I had this extra income, would I not have spent it? Yeah. So sure. it, it's important that that the families know that it is not one size fits all. And if you even manipulate it, I've, I've played with it just to kind of see, can I beat the system? And so if you do tweak your situation, it gives you a very different number. Um, so we were doing that. I know we were doing that's, that. That's, that's right. So we were talking yeah. about that. Yeah. And, you know, so one of the things that, that you had done and I had thanked you for, you know, kicking me off the edge of the, 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 the bed, so to speak, is that um, we went through the actual calculations of the EFC and we were fascinated by uh, just testing it. And we do that a lot too with taxes. Like for instance, I have a client who's moving to South Carolina and looking to retire there. And there are calculators for South Carolina tax. You know, what's the state tax based on certain circumstances? And that actually allows us to really understand underneath the numbers or under, you know, underneath the surface how the numbers actually work. Of course, it takes a numbers geek like me <laughs> and Kyle, because it's funny, when we were doing it, he, I, I was saying to throw in these assumptions, and he was doing exactly the same thing. So it's really cool. So anyway, we're up against break. Uh, thank you again, Shelly. We'll be with you in just a moment. And to the viewers, we'll be back in just a few moments. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no-obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger certified financial planner and we are continuing on with this fascinating uh, two-part episode on college planning with Shelley Howard who is the founder and CEO of College Ready. Um, we left off talking about financial aid and how you know the different schools have different calculators but it's required that every school's website has its own EFC or financial aid calculator if you will um, but one of the things that we want to take 
and spin off of that where, Shelly, you've been very successful in guiding your students or clients to selecting the right school based on the financial aid. Can you pick up with that, please? Absolutely. So most families assume the best way to get scholarships is to apply for a bunch of random scholarships. We help them understand that that actually is the least effective way. The best way to get really good solid money is from the university themselves. So let me explain. We go back to the business mindset again. If a college wants a student, they will pay for that student. If a student is applying to a REACH school, they're not quite qualified to be comfort, they're not going to get merit money. Right. Okay. So that's, that's the challenge, unless they're looking for that demographic. And most people think diversity in skin color. It's not. It's about East Coast pulling West Coast. It's yep. about having, you know, different kinds of students, business students, law students, engineers. They need a whole campus of diverse students. So if a school is looking for if they're on the East Coast and they want a West Coast kid from California who wants to do pre-med and they're short, they don't have any kids from California in pre-med, that student may have an opportunity that they are shocked about. And I think that had a lot to do with my son is he was that West Coast kid. He didn't have the perfect GPA and the perfect test score, but he had a really awesome plant platform. I remember, you know, that was so shocking to me that they wanted him. But that's what I'm talking about. Applying to colleges that want your student, it is a business. They need your student to stay in business, and they need your student to go out into the world wearing their letters or that diploma. Everybody else, wow, that, that lady's pretty amazing. I want my student to go to that school. So they're looking for this, you know, next Nobel Peace Prize winner, and that's going to draw more people into the university, which is their best form of marketing. It's interesting. You know, it's funny you say that because my son was the same way. He got accepted in California Institute of Technology from Pennsylvania, partly because they wanted the geographic diversity. I, I was shocked by that, but hey. That worked out very well, and they gave him a lot of money. And by the way, I was um, had a client who was a superintendent of a school district, and she said everything is negotiable. And mind you, so I literally went and sat with the director of financial aid, and gave him this story: my house is about ready to fall down, and I don't have enough money saved for retirement, et cetera, et cetera. And it's amazing. All of a sudden, somehow, some way, they dug up another three or four thousand dollars. <laughs> Like, okay, you want to give me an extra three or 4,000? Now, let me ask you this, too. Um, is it true that the hardest you try is for freshman year? Because I thought I heard somewhere that once they establish a precedent that they're going to give you, say, $40,000, that they're going to continue to give you that forty unless something extraordinary changes. Is that true, or is that a wives' tale? Uh, it 
Yes, it's true, but not always. And it's always has a benchmark to their GPA. So if a student decides to have a lot of fun their freshman year <laughs> and lose sight of that GPA right. that they got into that school, it can be gone like that, just like an athletic scholarship. Sure. If they don't perform or get hurt or what, it's not 100%. They must perform, but it's like a job. If you don't do the work, you don't get a paycheck. Well, do they give you, um, so if they gave you, say, $40,000, here's your scholarship based on whatever it is that they chose to give, do they give the caveats? Do they at least set the bar to at the end of one year? They say, hey, you got a 2-9, we expected a 3-0. Do, do they yes. at least give you the benchmark with which you must achieve? And they usually give you probation. So okay. they understand that all of a sudden you have this newfound freedom. And so most students, I have been told, is if they start going down the wrong path to lose their scholarship, they will be put on probation and given a chance to bring it back up That's versus good. just get rid. They're very, they're very honest and forward about it. They're not looking to, to, to make a bad situation, but they do hold them accountable. Yeah, I mean, speaking from personal experience, I, you know, I had a merit-based scholarship at the Temple, and they just said as long as you keep above for an average of a year, you know, with your first semester, if you're a 2-9, as long as you get a 3-1 and average it out to a 3 and above, each year going forward, you can keep your scholarship. So they gave you those uh, benchmarks that you have to receive when yes. you got it. It was yeah. contingent. Exactly, and, okay. it's, and it's really interesting too. I mean, you could also look at the, the way, I guess, an, uh, a university is going because as I was at Temple, the threshold for that continued to increase, but I was in a way grandfathered in. So I wonder, do you look at colleges and their, the future of those colleges and the tendencies that they're going? Because some colleges, you know, their acceptance rate is going lower and lower. Some of them are increasing. Do you look at those sort of factors when determining uh, the right college fit as well? We look at the trends. So okay, yep. this year, the average GPA at the UC schools went up substantially, yep. significantly, shall we say. Yeah. It's supply and, and demand. Yep. It's because a lot of the West Coast families did not want to send their students to some of the Ivies on the East Coast during COVID. And so they thought, we'll just keep them nestled close at home, oh, okay. which brought the average GPA up because they kept a lot of the Ivies close at home. That's so it, it's yeah. interesting That's how interesting. even the social things that happen in life can make things pivot. So yes, we can look at trends and luckily I'm part of a wonderful ethics organization called HECA and they, they support us as independent college consultants with real numbers, not US News and World Report, it's real numbers of who got in last year. So we can look at different factors and see where that school is trending to really give the family a good idea. Is it going to stay like this? Hmm. That's very interesting. I forgot what I was going to ask. Go ahead. So one, you know, we kind of, I want to just kind of steer it back toward the financial side of things. One thing, you know, that you mentioned is you can get needs-based, merit-based scholarship. You can get money from private scholarships from the school directly. Um, now, do you work with parents? And you also mentioned, you know, you start, the ideal time to start is right after eighth grade. Do you ever work with parents as to when they should begin saving, say, in a 529 plan at any 
specific age? Do you identify that, you know, when the, when the child is 10 years old, I should start saving? Is there a rule of thumb for that or is it kind of a case-by-case -case basis? So, because I don't get everybody at the same time, it yep. is a little challenging, but I will tell you that I have some clients that pay me hourly for their preschooler. So oh, I can wow. speak to pretty much all the age groups. And what I will tell you is, but depends on the family situation. A 529 is not a good plan for some people. And it's hard to hear if that's what they've been told as the only option. And I let them know that it's not one size fits all. Some it makes sense and some it's disaster. I had a 529 and it was an awful situation for my for my my family, but I have seen it work well for others. So again, I, I don't want to go across the board. People want to latch on and say, oh no, I don't I have a 529. That's not it. Yeah. What I do tell parents is this: you want to have your financial house in order the second semester of your sophomore year and the first semester of your junior year because that's what the FAFSA looks at. Yeah, right. Up until that point, you can be more aggressive or more conservative. But remember, I don't sell a product. I am selling put your financial house in order so I can get these kids the most money possible. So for me, I love working with you know, business people like yourself that can help support them in what's best for their family and I can support their child to make their child the best version of them. And when I have both, I have full ride to Vanderbilt who just left last weekend. So these kids call me up and say, we just got into Vanderbilt. And I'm like, when do we leave? That sounds amazing. <laughs> and then I, they forget that I can't go. So <laughs> it, it is a great place to be. And I think what you guys do is so critical to the process. So. Anytime you can plan for any financial situation, I just tell families do not use your retirement to pay for college. Right. That's the only thing across the board I feel very consistent about. There's so many other ways to do it. And with proper planning and working with professionals like yourself, I think is a, a much better situation. Well, that's great. You know, that was actually a very good conclusion that you just did there because uh, we're up for time already. So oh, wow. Shelly, I can't thank you enough for the time and your expertise and your knowledge uh, on the topics. Um, what I'd like you to do, if you could, is take a moment and just look into the camera and just tell people how they can get a hold of you. Talk more about you know, your company, College Ready, how they may be able to get a hold of you. Absolutely. So like I mentioned, we work with students of any age. We work with transfer students, scholar athletes. We work with... Um, ADHD. I mean, every student is worthy of going to school if they want to. We even work with trades students who want to go into plumbing or electrical. Our goal is to help your family. And to do that, the best thing to do is to go on our website, which is collegereadyplan.com. Because the plan part is very critical. I included that in the website. I'm on every social media channel that you can dream of. And you know what? I'm happy to offer your clients and the people listening a free discovery session with myself where we can talk about your, your personal situation because it is unique to you. So feel free to reach out 
My um, direct email is Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-E-E, at collegereadyplan.com. And thank you both for your time. Well, thank you very much. That's fantastic. And to all of our viewers, um, you know, we're all about planning, as evidenced by the name of our company <laughs> and everything that we do. It starts with planning. And college planning is something that takes a long time to really consider. And obviously, we all know and understand the financial impacts that it could have um, on you as the parents or as the children for many years to come after school. And obviously, the selection of the correct school is very important in the process as well. So thank you for tuning in this week, and we look forward to catching up with you next week. Again, I'm Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, and with one of my associates, Kyle Ryan. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you next week.